Well, good morning, Timber Creek Church. What is up? It is good to see you this morning. For those of you joining us online, welcome. Maybe you're catching this in your PJs, grabbing a cup of coffee in your car, maybe at the gym, on the treadmill, wherever you're at, welcome. Duncan and Dieball, we are glad to have you here. Mount Enterprise, launching next Sunday. What is up? It's good to see you. Super pumped about what's going on in Mount Enterprise. And then Groves, I've been getting pictures, seeing all the construction going on. Man, we are excited about Groves being here with our Timber Creek Church family. We love you guys. And last but not least, our Nacogdoches crew there in NAC. Good to see you this morning. Big shout out to you. And I got to say this, I just got a text message and we are in overflow. So those of you in the NAC room at our Nacogdoches campus, we welcome you too. We love you. And um, yeah. God's doing some cool stuff, and, and by the way, you may not know me, um, my name is Marco Johnson, and I happen to be um, on the dream team at our Timber Creek Church Nacogdoches campus as the campus pastor there, and so love being on this team, love being on this church, and love serving uh, alongside of you guys, and uh, I guess I said last but not least, Nac, I gotta say last but not least, what's up, Lufkin? What's up? Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, I have one question before I get going, and this goes back to last uh, week when Pastor Chris brought the word and uh, gave a big shout out and promo to Dre up in the sound booth. Dre, did you get a girlfriend is what we want to know out of last week. <laughs> I told you I was going to do that. But anyways, um, let's focus. Let's pray. God, we love you. We honor your holy name. You are awesome, you are amazing, you are powerful. No matter what season we're in right now, whether it's a good season, a tough season, Father, you are with us. And just in this moment here on February 4th, 2024, we choose to put our focus on you. And so God, that's what we do right now in this moment. We put our focus on you, speak to us, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive what you wanna do in and through our lives. And everybody said, amen, amen. awesome. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and you can scroll down to verse 8 there in your Bibles. Um, got a, a message for you today that I really feel like it's going to hit home for you. It hits home for me. Um, but here's what I want to say. There are a thousand self-help books in print today that tell us, hey, all we need to succeed in life is desire and determination. Man, if I can just pull myself up by my bootstraps, Ugh. be a self-made person, I will be successful in life. All I need is desire and determination. How many of you know this is partially true? It's not fully true. If we're honest, we know people and they have desire, they have determination, but man, if we look at the holistic aspect of their life, we go, I don't know if I would call them successful. Yes, we need desire, we need determination, but in order to be successful in life, Marco, how would you define that? In order to be successful emotionally, spiritually, physically, we don't need just desire and determination, we actually need the correct skills. And so that is my whole goal today, is to give you a skill that will help you be successful in life. In fact, Ecclesiastes 10.10, 10, it says, if the ax is dull 
and its edge unsharpened, what's needed? More strength is needed. But skill, the understanding on how to sharpen your blade, the understanding on what angle to hit the tree, the understanding on how to efficiently swing an ax, skill will bring success. Desire and determination aren't good enough. We have to have skill to have success. So today, what I'm gonna do, my hope, is to equip you with the skill on how to deal with negative people. The skill to deal with negative people. As you can see in your notes right there on the title, it says the message of today is ignoring the naysayers. What in the world is a naysayer? According to our boy Webster in the Webster Dictionary, a naysayer is a person who says something won't work or isn't possible. It's a cynic who habitually, that's the key word, say habitually. Habitually is the key word there, and they ex habitually express pessimistic views. I get it. There's a, there's a time to be realistic. There's a time to be optimistic. There's a time to be pessimistic. There's a time to be you know, idealistic. Whatever it may be, there's a time for everything. But have you ever met somebody that is just habitually, it's almost like you just... You kind of take a deep breath before you go talk to a person. You're like, okay, I know I gotta go talk to them. I know I gotta share it with them. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Okay, I entrust myself to you. You know what I mean? Like, you're constantly, because you know what their response is going to be like. They're gonna be a naysayer. They're gonna be the, the you share your idea, you share your dream, and then every way on how that dream is not going to work. That's a naysayer. Let me ask you this question. By show of hands, how many of you have ever met a naysayer before? Raise your hand. Don't look at them. I see y'all turn your heads. Don't, no, don't look at them, campuses. Keep it right here. Stay focused, okay? Okay. We do. We know. We know naysayers. We all do. As we move into today's message, it's important to understand anyone that has ever accomplished anything of significance, greatness, or something that God wanted them to do in their life has always, 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 always had naysayers that they've had to deal with. We see it multiple times throughout the Bible. When the Wright brothers, when they were building the first airplane, there were people that said, hey, what are y'all doing? Y'all crazy. Hashtag cray cray that. Like, humans can't fly, and they never will. But they had a vision. They had a dream. And they had a plan. And in all that desire, dream, and plan, they had naysayers around them. When as a country, we decided to go to the moon, there were people that said, you're never gonna be able to go to the moon. And we went to the moon with basically the technology in a wristwatch. When Moses was leading the Israelites through the desert, there were people that accused Moses of bringing them out there. They're like, yo, Big Mo, bro, like, did you bring us out here to die? I mean, what's up? I mean, we're, gonna, we're out here. We don't know where we're going. We keep going around this mountain. It took us 11 days. Now we're here about 39 years, 40 years. It's not good. When Noah was building the ark, he's building the ark, and even Scripture tells us that there were naysayers like, Noah, what, what are you doing, bro? Like, 
You're building the ark in the middle of nowhere. But God had a purpose. God had a plan. God had placed that dream into Noah's heart. He knew what God had told him to do. Yet despite that, he faced naysayers. Any great accomplishment has always had them, has always had naysayers. And here's what I want to, to equip you with today. When it comes to naysayers in our lives, in your life, naysayers are not necessarily bad people. Let's say that one more time. Let that kind of soak in. Naysayers aren't necessarily bad people. At all of our campuses, in all of our rooms, at all of our locations, there can be naysayers in your life that love you. There can be naysayers in your life that truly want what's best for you. They're just mistaken. And the reason that they're mistaken is because they don't know what God has said to you. What God has said to you, he didn't, he didn't speak it to your neighbor. He didn't speak it to your coworker. He didn't speak it to your family member. He didn't speak it to anybody else except to you. And the people around you may not see the very thing that God has spoken to you. So there's a tendency because of that, they may be a touch more negative toward the very thing that God has birthed in your heart. See, up to this point in my life, just like yours, um, my life has been, I say full, that's a pretty strong word, but there's been moments in my life where I've faced some naysayers. Naysayers in my life that have made my heart pound. Like, I need to stay godly. So, but have made me sweat, have made me have conversations in my mind when I'm brushing my teeth. Anybody, am I the only one that does that, by the way? You know, brushing your teeth, like, I'm gonna tell them that, boy, if they only knew I wasn't a Christian my whole life, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's up? Hey, it's always in the back pocket, you know? Like, I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna say, we've all faced, and, and I can remember, I gave my heart to Jesus in 2002, and um, I remember being at, at, at Humble First Assembly in Humble, Texas. Grew up in, around the Humble area, and I can remember being at Humble First Assembly, fantastic church, still a fantastic church to this day. Had a lot of friends there, and I can remember after a service, I was in the lobby, and uh, I went up to my best friend at the time, I went up to his dad, and I was just kind of shooting the bull with him on the wall, you know, kind of looking out the lobby and watching everybody go around. I can remember exactly where I was at. And I remember looking up to him and I said, Mr. So-and-so, God's doing some really cool things in my life. Um, I'm gonna live for God. And, and he, knew, he, knows, he knew my history, he knew some of my story, and I said, yeah, I'm gonna be going off to, to Bible school. And here's what my best friend's dad looked at me and said. He said, Marco, I know you. Just give it enough time and you'll be doing the same old things that you were once doing. This God thing will fade and you'll be back into the same old lifestyle that you once were in. Hey, by the way, that was 22 years ago. I'm still here, baby. What can I say? What's up? <laughs> but you're talking about a naysayer. You talk about hearing those words replay in my mind, even going into Bible school, like, man, is this God thing really gonna stick? 
And then I can remember about a year goes by and I go home on summer break and I'm talking to a, a good friend of mine and kind of my support group and, and uh, or was once my support group before I went off to Bible school and, and um, we, had, we had reconnected and he goes, man, I, I heard that you're, um, you're in Bible school now and you're kind of gonna go be a pastor. I said, yeah, man, you know, it's, it's, uh, things have changed. I mean, this is what God's done in my life. And he goes, I want you to know, man, People, don't like, people like you don't become pastors. Because I, I know your story. People like you don't become pastors. In my friend group, I had one of my friends tell me that. A naysayer. And here's what I gotta say. These naysayers weren't necessarily bad people. They were just mistaken. They did not understand the dream that God had put in my heart. They did not understand the fire that was in me to live for God and to make his name known. How many of you know that we can have 100 people encourage us? We can have 100 people look at us and say, a boy, a girl, you are killing it. Like, man, look what God has done in your life. And then all it takes is that one naysayer and you can go, huh. So what I wanna do today is I wanna give you the skill that we have to learn in life if we wanna do something significant, and that is the skill of, hey, how do we not let negativity get us down? How do we face opposition in life? How do we deal with naysayers and negative people? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at the story of David and Goliath again in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're gonna answer these questions. And, and my hope and my prayer today for you is that you walk out of here and you're equipped. And you go, okay, I know now how to deal with these situations in my life. And I even wanna go a little step further and say this. How many of you know we can be our own biggest naysayer? And I wanna equip you and teach you how to set our minds on Christ, set our hearts on Christ, set our souls on Christ so that we can reach our God-given potential. See, many of us, we know the story of David and Goliath. One day, a shepherd boy named David, he was, he was taking his brothers who were in the army at this time, he was taking them some cheese and crackers, he was taking them some food to the front lines of the battlefield, and as this little shepherd boy approaches the battlefield, he heard a giant named Goliath taunting the armies of the, li the living God. He was, he was taunting, I've actually been to the place in Israel. You had a, you had a hill over here and a hill over here and I, I've seen where the, the army of Israel was standing and then the army of the Philistines were standing and, and there was this Philistine and he was taunting the armies of the living God. He was taunting the armies of Israel. And here you have this, this boy David serving his brothers with some cheese and crackers and he overhears this giant and, he, and he, he pauses for a moment and he goes, wait, 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 what? This giant said, what about my mama? Like that was the attitude that he had. You know, how many of y'all remember back in the day when you didn't know what to say, you just say your mama. You know what I mean? Like, and that was the way that David felt. He's like, whoa, time out. I, I know who my God is. I know what he has done. There is no way that I'm gonna allow you to taunt us, God's people. So David goes on to the battlefield and with a sling and a rock, he kills the giant, a naysayer. 
But that's not what we're going to focus on today. What we're going to focus on today is we're going to focus on the three naysayers that David faced before Goliath. There is no situation that you go through in life. There's no season that you go through in life. Every season you go through, every situation, every painful moment, every success, every good moment, every high, every low, every mountain, every valley, it has a purpose. And that purpose is to prepare you to reach your God-given potential and fulfill everything that God has for you on this earth. And we're gonna talk about the three naysayers that David faced before he faced the naysayer of Goliath, where he had a portfolio of God showing himself successful while all these other ones were scared and terrified. They wouldn't take a step of faith into what God has for them. But David said, yo, I've been out shepping sheep, bro. Like, I'm telling you, I've defeated the lion. I've defeated the bear. I've protected the sheep. I've done what my father wants me to do. There were three that he faced before he ever got to Goliath. The first naysayer that David faced was number one, the naysayer of discouragement. Those that discourage you. Anyone ever face people that discourage them? I mean, like I faced them this morning when I woke up. Just like you and me, David faced the naysayer of discouragement. He faced the pressure of popular opinion. He faced the intimidation of being culturally correct. He faced FOMO. He faced fear. 1 Samuel 17, 8 through 11, it says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Then the Philistine says, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight one another. On hearing this, the Philistine's words, Saul, who was the king at that time, and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. In this scripture, every one of God's people were afraid of the battle before them. Goliath had created a climate of fear. And everyone said, there's nothing that we can do about it. We're not big enough. We're not strong enough. We're not tough enough. We're not prepared enough. There's no way that we can go head to head with this giant and defeat him. They were discouraged. You ever worked in an environment like that maybe? You ever been on a team like that? You ever been in a situation like that where it's just like, man, there is this climate of fear and it's like, I can't make one wrong move or I'm gone, I'm toast. And because of all that, you show up day in and day out and man, you just live in just discouragement. David understood that and he understood it well. Why were the Israelites discouraged? Don't miss this. Why were the Israelites discouraged? because they were listening to the wrong voices. They were listening to the wrong voice. Why do we get discouraged? We get discouraged because we listen to the wrong voice. We listen to the wrong voices. Whose voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the naysayers, the negative people? Are you listening to your own negative self-talk. Listen, there's four things. I did it this morning, and man, if I can equip you with anything. The Bible even says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What does scripture mean by that? It is so important. Our brain believes what we tell it. Our brain believes what we tell ourselves. There's four things I say every morning, and j Dog and I, we've been in the, the hotel before, and he's heard me say these things whenever I get up. First thing I say is, 
Jesus, you are first in my life. I live to serve and glorify you. Number two, I love people and I believe the best about others. By the way, that has nothing to do with other people. That has everything to do with my own heart. Number three, I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. And number four, I have nothing to prove because I am already approved of by God. Why do I do that? Because I know the naysayer that I can be to myself. And when I get up, I wanna make sure that, man, before my heat, my feet, my heat, my feet, whatever you want, my feet hit the ground and I face the heat, that my mind is right, that I'm not listening to the self-talk of being a naysayer, that whenever I face, if I face naysayers outside of, of in, in just the, in the environments I go into, that my mind is set and my mind is ready. Whose voice are we listening to? If you want to know God's voice, then you have to know his word. If you want to know God's voice, you've got to know his word. King David, he wrote in scripture, God, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. That's one of the reasons that we've, we've built and developed a Timber Creek Church app. You know, our hope is Sunday after Sunday. By the way, Pastor Jeremy brings some meat and potatoes for us all the time. And it, it, we want to provide a good meal for you when you show up to Sunday. And we want you walking out of these doors going, man, that was incredible. But our ultimate goal is for you to become a self-feeder. Where when you're waking up in the morning, you're, you're speaking words of life. You're speaking the words that God has over you. You're reading your Bible. You're praying. You're spending time throughout the day worshiping. And that's why we've created our Timber Creek Church app. We didn't do it just because we thought it was some good idea, but we did it because we want to see you grow and reach your God-given potential. And so on our Timber Creek Church app, I encourage you to download it, man. We've got things on how to pray, how to read your Bible, Bible reading plans, awesome resources, uh, fasting resources, how to listen to old sermons and all kinds of cool stuff. So be sure to check that out so that you can continue learning and developing on how to hear the voice of God. The second type of naysayer we face in our lives Number two is disapproval. Those that disapprove of you. Um, as I was preparing this message, I would say that getting to this point for me, I felt like this one probably stings the most for us as God's creation as human beings. Because whether we like it or not, um, we want to be approved of. We, we want to be loved. Um, and, and we can be out there and we can go, oh, that's not me, Marco. I don't care if anybody likes me. I don't care if anybody loves me. I don't care if anybody approves of me. I understand what you're saying, you know, but the reality is, is man, life happens. Uh, we get hurt. And as we get hurt, we, we develop calluses over our heart or just over our mind. And we kind of can develop the attitude of, I don't care if anybody likes me, you know, but if we go way back to when we were kids, man, playing on the playground, we wanted people to like us. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting people to like you, wanting people to approve of you, because at the core of that, that is our ability to connect with each other and to build relationships and to build bonds and to build connections. But we have to understand that I'm not going to live for approval. I'm not going to live for if people like me or not, but I am going to live in community. But when it comes to disapproval, that can be one of the things that sting the most. It can sting us. It can sting our kids. Um, and I just want to encourage you, if you if, for parents out there, 
um, parents at our campuses, parents watching this online, one of the, the most important things that we can do, one of the most valuable things that we can do as a parent is look our children in the eyes and tell them these three things. I love you, I'm with you, I approve of you. You know, I got a, a three-year-old daughter and, and um, right now it is, it is princess everything. You know, she's in that state, everything's pink, you know. And I love having my baby girl and, and you know, um, it, with her being in the whole princess thing right now, it's, um, it's me as her daddy, I'll look at her and I'll be like, baby, can I, can I be your Prince Charming? And she'll look at me and bat those eyes, uh-huh. And I tell my daughter, I say, I want you to know you're my princess. I'm your Prince Charming. And your Prince Charming will swim any ocean for you, will climb any mountain for you, and defeat any army for you. And she'll look at me, and I'll ask her, what will your Prince Charming do? She'll go, swim any ocean for me. Climb mountain for me, defeat army for me. But what are we doing? What am I doing? She's going to face discouragement in her life. She's going to face those that disapprove of her. But I want her to hear in the back of her voice, daddy saying, I'll climb any mountain for you. I'll swim any ocean for you. I'll defeat any army because you're a princess. Our children's voice in their head their self-talk is the voice that we've put in there. So let's be sure that we're speaking words of life over our children. David felt the sting of disapproval as well. Check this out, 1 Samuel 17, 26 through 29. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him saying, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger burned against David, and he said, David, why did you come down? See, in this scripture, David's brother questions David's motive. Why have you come down here? Why, why did you come down here? David was asking his question because of his confidence in God. Eliab's brother was asking this question because he thought David was conceited. He disapproved of what he thought David's motive was. His brother was a disapproving naysayer in his life. The third type of naysayer that we can face in our lives is number three, doubters. Those that doubt you. David was not a warrior with a spear. He was a shepherd with a slingshot. <laughs> Don't miss this. And all the professionals and experts... All the professional expert warriors looked at him and said, there's no way this kid can compete with this giant. We see this in scripture. 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 33. David said to Saul, hey, king, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant, David, will go and fight this Philistine. Then Saul, the expert, said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. I could go on and on. I was a youth pastor for seven years. Don't get me talking about young people. Just young enough to make a difference and just old enough to not care about it. Like, I'm going for it, Big Daddy. So I love teenagers. I love our TC youth. Let's go. See, Saul was an expert warrior, 
and the expert doubted David. There will be people in your life that say, what are you doing? You're not a pro at this. Why are you starting this business? Why are you starting this career? Why are you ending this career? Why are you trying to build this ministry? Why are you trying to reach this people group? You're not a pro. Leave this to the experts. You're just an amateur. I want to remind you, Noah's Ark was built by a bunch of amateurs. The Titanic was built by experts. So what does this mean? It means that when an expert doubts you, they can still be wrong. And before I go on, I want to answer this question. How did David hear about Goliath? He was a shepherd. He wasn't a warrior at this stage in his life. David heard about Goliath because he was bringing his brothers some food, some cheese and crackers. He was serving his brothers. 1 Samuel 17, 17, then Jesse said to David, his son, take now for your brothers this roasted grain and these 10 loaves and run to the camp to your brothers. Because David was willing to faithfully serve in small ways, God gave him opportunity for bigger things. David would have never seen the opportunity if he was not willing to serve. Here's the moral of the story. Before you get the big opportunity, you might just have to serve some cheese and crackers. God looks for people that are willing to do the little things and do them well and do them faithfully and do them over and over and over again before he gives us the bigger things. That's why we say at Timber Creek Church, we want to be a church that does regular things really, 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 really well because God looks at our hearts. He looks how will we manage the small things. See, God is looking for people who are willing to do insignificant ministry before he gives them the heroic ministry. And can I just be quite frank with you? We don't realize it. The kingdom is so like opposite of what the world tells us. It's actually the insignificant ministries that are really the heroic ministries. And I just want to encourage us as a church family, as a church body, some of us in here, not all of us, but some of us in here, man, God's been tapping on your heart. You, you know, you just know that it's time to serve. It's time to hop onto a dream team. It's, it's time to hop into our kids' ministries and serve our kids. It's time to hop onto the worship team. I've heard some of y'all, y'all got lungs. I'm like, dang, sister can sing, brother can sing. Some of y'all, y'all can play instruments and we have no idea that you can. But it's time to hop onto a dream team. It's time to walk up to Pastor Justin or your campus pastor, wherever you're at and go, hey, I wanna clean this building for free. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now that's preaching right there, boy, I tell you what. If you want to hop onto a dream team, go through our starting point. Next time it comes around, get signed up for it. We'd love to get you onto a dream, dream team. So let me land this plane. Let me switch, shift gears on you. And let me equip you with how to overcome the naysayers, the negative people in your life. Um, these are the tools that, that we're going to have to have, all of us, that we're going to have to have to become skillful if we want to be successful emotionally, spiritually, physically, or really to accomplish anything great in our life. Here's the first tool. When we're dealing with the naysayer, the first thing that we have to do is we have to remember they are not God. We have a finite understanding. We see through a glass dimly is what scripture says. They may be good people that love you. They may be professionals or experts, but they're not God. Don't treat people's opinion like God's answer. Proverbs 29, 25, it says, the fear of human opinion disables 
Trusting in God protects you from that. There's some of us in this room that we have a disability and we don't even know it. And that disability is that we live and we, we carry just the, man, I want to please this person because I'm so afraid of their disapproval. We, we live under the disability of approval and disapproval. Proverbs 29, 25, it says, it is dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. Um, I've been a, walking with God for 22 years. I've been a, in pastoral ministry uh, for a little over 20 years. And, and here's one thing that I've learned, and, and I'd love to equip you with today, is what other people think of you is none of your business. What are the, it's just, if I get consumed in you, if, if we get consumed, man, what are they saying about me? What do they think about me? Oh gosh, you know, I, I, uh, when I first got into to pastoral ministry early on, I just had a pastor come up to me and said, Marco, keep it simple, hang loose and travel light. Keep it simple, hang loose and travel light. I used to have like a real stern uh, look on my face all the time. He's like, dude, are you mad? I'm like, no, I ain't mad. You look like you wanna fight me. I do. But keep it simple, hang loose, and travel. That that wasn't in my notes. That one was for free. I don't even know where I'm going after that. (laughs) Oh, what other people think of you is it's, it's none of our business. The second tool when it comes to the naysayers that you need to become skillful at is this, never attack back. So I'm gonna remember their, their opinion's not God's answer. It's not his, his word. The second thing is, is I'm just not gonna attack back. In other words, don't be a smart mouth. Don't retaliate. How many of y'all in here are like, yo, I'm a professional. I can retaliate, boy. And I'll even go on to say this. Don't be passive aggressive. Well, that's preaching. That is preaching. Don't retaliate. Don't be passive aggressive. Don't be a smart mouth. Leave it in God's hands. Proverbs eleven twelve. It is foolish to speak scornfully of others. If you are smart, say smart. smart. Say I want to be smart. If you are smart, you will keep quiet. If you wanna be successful in life, then you have to learn how to be criticized and keep going. I've lived long enough that like you, I've been criticized, it hurts, it's painful. And many times those that criticize me, they, they really haven't had all the facts maybe about the situation. And, uh, and, and honestly, I've been in situations where I haven't had all the facts, honestly. I'm, I'm not innocent in this, and, and we know you're not innocent either. But we face these things in life and we need to know how to overcome them. And this is what I've learned when it comes to those that criticize me and the naysayers that have taken pleasure at pointing out my problems. If someone is habitually pointing out my problems, I've learned that they're actually the one with the problem. And I've got to pause and go, okay, I I see the pattern in their life. I am not going to let that deter my focus on me reaching my God-given potential. Anyone can criticize. It takes skill to build a building. Anyone can criticize it. It takes skill to create a piece of art. Anyone can criticize it. It takes skill to write music, make a movie. Anyone can criticize it. The key when you're criticized is to respond like Jesus. How did Jesus respond? 1 Peter 2, 23, it says, when they hurled insults at Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. 
Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything. So this is what I want you to understand. There is a time to ask for clarity when you're insulted or attacked. There is a time to respond in a godly way, keyword godly, when you're insulted or attacked. But there is also a time when it's wise, when it's smart to stay silent when you are under attack and just entrust yourself to God. The third tool when it comes to naysayers that you need to become skillful at and I need to become skillful at is this. Number three, stay focused on God and his promises. You've gotta live a focused life. People can dislike you, it's not gonna harm you. You don't need anyone else's approval to be happy. You're as happy as you choose to be. When someone, someone criticizes you, is negative about you or naysayer towards you, don't gossip about them at the office. Don't get on the phone and be like, girl, did you hear what so-and-so did? No. But first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna run to God. In fact, that's one thing I'm teaching my children right now. No matter what, you're gonna deal with tough situations. Our first response is to God. It's, it's the first value in the Johnson Team Johnson value system that we have is we run to God. God. First Samuel 36, it says, bitter people spoke against David and talked of stoning him. But David, he found strength in the Lord. He found strength in the Lord strength in the Lord. You know, there's multiple ways that we can find strength in the Lord. One is through reading the Bible, getting into scripture, hearing God's word. To know God's word is to know his voice. We can get strength through prayer. God, I seek your face. I entrust myself to you. We can get strength through cranking up worship music in our car. I'm about to have a jam out session for Jesus because I need some strength. But did you know there's another way that we can find strength too? And that is by getting in God honoring Bible-based, Jesus-centered community. We have multiple ways to do that. That's why we, we say, man, get onto a dream team. Get around a tables of 10. And we're gonna be launching Super Bowl Sunday, next Sunday, we're gonna be launching groups. And groups is, man, where you find your people here at Timber Creek Church. Find your people, church. All it takes is, I just wanna know one person. Because you can show up into a big church, and that's one thing I love about Pastor Jeremy. As I'm being the campus pastor over at our NAT campus, you know, one thing when I, when I talk to him, he says, Marco, let's, let's keep making our big church feel small. We're busting over at the seams at NAC. I mean, people are getting lives being changed. People getting rocked for Jesus. We're in overflow right now. I mean, but we gotta make our church feel small. We gotta take care of the individuals that come in. We've gotta find our people. And so if y'all go ahead and pull up that QR code. If you can take out your phones, you, you got permission, take out your phones, take out your camera um, and, and scan this QR code right here. This QR code is gonna link you to our groups page on our website, and you can scroll through all of our groups. I think we've got almost 40 groups here, if not more, at our Lufkin campus. I think we've got 32, 33 groups at our NAT campus. We've got groups all over the place. Find your people and find your group, because when you find your people, you can also find strength in the Lord that way. Let's pray. God, we love you. We honor you. And today, you may not know this Jesus that I'm talking about, but for some reason you were drawn to Timber Creek Church today. You decided to pull in the parking lot. You decided maybe to show up with some friends and you want a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're going, man, I need this. Or maybe you're here and, and you've known Jesus before, but gosh, you just need a just fresh yes from G to Jesus. You need to just say freshly, man, I am committing my life to Jesus today. If that's you, what I wanna do is I'm gonna count to three and I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and this is just a declaration that you're making to say, hey, acknowledge me. I, I want 
a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we're gonna say a prayer with you. We're not gonna embarrass you in any way. We're not gonna ask you to come up front. We're not gonna pull you to some side room. We just wanna say a prayer with you as your church family. So if that's you, on the count of three, you want to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, raise your hand. One, two, three. I see you. I see you all over this room. All over this room. Awesome. Awesome. You can put your hand down. And let's say this prayer together as a church family. And for those of you that raised your hand, say this prayer with every fiber in your being. Let's say this prayer together, Timber Creek Church. Say, Lord, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, cleanse me, make me new. From this day forward, I live for you, in Jesus' name. God bless your people, we love you, in Jesus' name, amen.